Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and onboard our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. Today on New Mercies, we get to hear from an incredible man from Kazakhstan. While growing up on a farm, DK learned many life skills, including electrical work from his father. DK had never heard of Mercy Ships, but while studying English in the United States on an exchange program, DK's host family changed that. Compelled by what he heard, DK immediately applied to volunteer with Mercy Ships and thus began a journey that completely transformed his life. You are going to be blown away and inspired by this incredible man. Here is my interview with DK. Well, DK, welcome to season two of New Mercies. We are excited to have you on the podcast today and to hear a little bit about your Mercy Ships journey. So welcome. Hi, Rihanna. Thank you for this opportunity to share my story. Why don't we start by hearing a little bit about your background? Tell us where you're from, what your life was like growing up, your interests, your family, etc. Just give us a little glimpse into who you are. So I came from Kazakhstan. I was born and raised there. It is a former Soviet Union country. It has borders with Russia and China. I'm explaining because a lot of people ask like, hey, like, where is that? <laughs> like, I know it's a very young country and uh, had a lot of opportunities. I was born and raised in a very small village, pretty much doing farming and tending the cattle, basically like a country boy. But I really had a passion for the technology, especially the computers. Just growing up, I always wanted to be an IT engineer, you know, and uh, work, work in that field. So yeah, I pursued bachelor's and then uh, master's. And then, and now I'm living in Los Angeles in California. I'm pursuing master's in healthcare data science. I also work part-time for Mercy Ships as a IS product engineer. So we basically, our team supports all the medical systems on board the ship. So they keep it running and some improvements. That is so exciting. Real quick, you mentioned that you're in Los Angeles in Southern California. Okay. I know that currently you are a student at USC, mm-hmm. fight on Trojans. What program are you pursuing right now at USC? Healthcare data science. Oh, that is awesome. You said that you grew up in a very small village in Kazakhstan. How did you hear about Mercy Ships? I've been working as IT engineer in telecommunications industry for years, and then I just kind of got tired of it, and I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so I applied for a scholarship. What was the scholarship for? Studying master's in computer science, because I didn't know in 2018, in the beginning, I didn't know even how to speak in English. So I had to go through some training and Uh, English language courses. So I went to Philadelphia and I uh, get to live with a family in the homestay system. So I was was living with a Christian family. And uh, one day they, while we were having dinner, they just uh, told me about mercy ships. Well, they they didn't tell me, but they were just (laughs) mentioning that they, they, uh, how their daughter wanted to go there. Hmm. And I was like, asked like, Hey, like what's the mercy ships? And, the, and uh, she just, uh, so Lynn just, uh, just shouted out to me like, hey, like it's just a, it's a hospital ship. You can go there too. And I was like, and I took it seriously. So that evening I, I applied it. I went what? to internet and, and I just really loved the, the 
the mission and I just applied wow. it. So yeah. just like that, you heard about it. What was it that struck you in that conversation that made you think I'm going to go apply tonight? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It was just uh, probably my adventurous spirit and also like wanted to have experienced that, that kind of diversity yeah. and working with uh, alongside people who wants to make difference. And I don't know. It's just like, I think, I think it's just something was just drawing me to that. And I always kind of wanted to do something like that. Hmm. Oh, that is so neat. So you applied and what, what role were you applying for with Mercy Ships? So, yeah, I applied to the IES support specialist and I had enough expertise to do that because I've been working as IT engineer, as I said earlier. And um, yeah, and then in one and a half months, I got an interview. And at that time, uh, IES manager on board the AFM, uh, Stuart, uh, interviewed me. And yeah, so basically he said, okay, just wait. Probably you're going to come next year. So I was waiting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went back to Kazakhstan and I was keep working, waiting for the, the call. Wow, that is so awesome. So when the call came, when did you get on board? And what were your what were your first impressions of life on a ship? Before the call came, I received that uh, IS support specialist is not available anymore. So I had to apply for different positions or not not go there at all because uh, I had a very limited time frame. Mm-hmm. So I was planning to go study in 2020 so i had to choose something else so i had a desire and to go there very strong desire and i knew that somehow something in my life is going to be changed on the ship i just knew in my gut Hmm. so um i bought all the tickets and i was very excited all the necessary shots uh, was (laughs) taken and all the paperwork i was really excited and and you know like even before Entering the ship, I was impressed by Martha Rodriguez, who picked me up by the airport, and she shared her story how mm. she came for you know, for a couple of weeks or a month or so, and then she just ended up staying for six or seven years. And oh her just like servant heart uh, spirit, and he, he was yeah, she she really impressed me. Her attitude, like you clearly saw that there's something different about these people (laughs) and we came really late to the ship it was about 11 p.m so i went to my cabin and they were they were six people uh, sleeping uh three bank beds and uh yeah i was like first impression was not comfortable i would say (laughs) (laughs) a great first impression with martha martha rodriguez who picked you up at the airport but yes then you know, finding your, your small living quarters might be a bit of an adjustment, I have to say. So what role did you take on on board if you weren't doing the IS position? I didn't have much options. So I had, so the only option was three months of service as a housekeeper okay. and I, and I took it. It was, it was great. Hmm. It was great. I really love it. Well, tell us a little bit about your job. What did you do in housekeeping? Well, first of all, like working with, with a day crew, was was really something that that you cannot find on the ship kind of because like there's like that interaction with the local people and getting to know their culture hmm. and especially like when I went to Senegal and I've never met anyone from Senegal and that was like very interesting for me and and at the end it's just like there's the people like us you know like we were joking around and like <laughs> hugging each other and 
it was a lot of fun and 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 I really loved the part where I where we would go to the wards and clean the wards while the patients are on deck seven having uh, some time outside so those moments like I could get to see just a little bit and kind of like to see the tangible contribution from my side like cleaning the wards like hey like I'm actually doing something for the patients so that's that's what I really liked about it and um yeah, just to get to see a little bit of patience while you're cleaning the wards and mopping the floor. That was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool because you're so right. You're making a contribution to the patient's transformation by keeping the wards clean in the hospital. And that's so essential. It's one thing that we talk a lot about in Mercy Ships is, you know, safe surgery practices and things being sanitary and being clean are a big part of safe surgery when things are clean. So it is so important for our housekeepers to play that integral part in our patients' well-being and their health while they're on board. So that is awesome that you got a glimpse into that. Now you talked about working with the day crew and how fun it is to be with the local people and to learn from their culture. You'd never met someone from Senegal before, but I bet you the Senegalese had never met anyone from Kazakhstan either. (laughs) So were you able to share some of your culture with them as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like probably I would explain them like where Kazakhstan is first thing. And then like which languages do do we speak? And even some of the culture, like we have common things even some of the culture, not in the extent like as a similar, but we had something similar with them. Tell us what are some other jobs that you had on board aside from housekeeping? At the end of the housekeeping, I really wanted to have a taste of how to work in the, in the IES department. And I talked to Stuart and we agreed that I can work on one month. Uh, so I extended my commitment to one more month as an IES support specialist. And then, and then I ended up uh, extending it for another year. It's a whole another different story. <laughs> and meanwhile, like I also had a chance to work as an electrician for two and a half months. Oh wow! And then plus, like I volunteered in the dining room in the galley, and it's just all these opportunities was a blessing for me to see the ship, how the ship operates from different angle, yeah. and how like the, each member is just so crucial, so important. I really want to mention the engineering department because I feel like they're like all the, uh, most of the time they're like kind of overlooked mm-hmm. because, um, and I work there like, and it is a hard job down in the, in the, the in deck one, doing all the maintenance, keep the ship running electrically, taking care of their generators and bunking the fuels and all that. It's like such a joy to work with them and they see the patients, but they don't even probably have a ch- chance to talk to them, but because they know what they're doing is and 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 keep doing that like day by day, it is a definitely something that um, I really liked about it. Yeah, absolutely. The engineers down, like you said, in deck one in the engine room, it is loud down there and it is hot. It is so hot. We took a tour as a family through the engine room and they give us earplugs, but still like you just, it's deafening down there. So all of the engineers that work in that environment, it's, it's really incredible, but I was most blown away by how knowledgeable they are. There's so much that they need to know all the different valves and 
dials and, you know, I mean, there's so many pieces of equipment down in the engine room. There's so much to know, but those engineers are phenomenal. So yes, let's give a yeah. shout out to the engineering team. <laughs> those, those guys are awesome. So I'm glad yeah. you got that experience to, to work down there. You got to experience a lot of different things on the ship, which is pretty awesome. With your time in Senegal, was there a highlight moment for you? I served in the field service 2019 to 2020. And as we all know, it ended shortly because the COVID hit. Yeah. And that was, that is a highlight, like a kind of like a negative highlight because, yeah, I was like, I remember that atmosphere when everything was announced, like, and that, that atmosphere, like the heaviness and that uncertainty atmosphere, like, and just in discharging patients and, and knowing that some of the patients were still waiting for, to receive the surgery. Yeah. And that was really devastating for mm. a lot of people. And I cannot imagine how it was for the surgeons, for the nurses, for the physicians. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was really tough. And just like in a couple of weeks, just packing everything up and, and sailing to Guinea Islands. It was, yeah, it was something definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. In your time in Senegal prior to the pandemic hitting, what was something special that stood out to you in your experience? Well, I, when I joined the ship, I, you have to fill out the application. What's your religious background and things like that. Uh, as we know, Mercy Ships follows the 2,000-year model of Jesus. Mm. And uh, I filled out as a, as a cultural Muslim because I grew up in a cultural Muslim family. And in fact, my dad is practical Muslim these mm. days. However, I gave my life to Christ on board the ship. Wow. After two and a half months of being on the ship, I, yeah, uh, just got hold my life. And, and, and then I just realized, hey, like I actually know what was going to change in my life. So God was kind of letting me know ahead that is some huge changes coming in my life. And, uh, that's definitely something that I can not boast about, but but only be grateful about how God just, yeah, mm. there was, you know, I grew up and uh, not knowing, kind of knowing him, but I was not really, I knew that there is God, but I didn't, did not know him personally. And mm. I remember like the one sermon uh, that I went to and it was an invitation from Jesus and it was from Matthew 6. 33 seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and all the things that you need will be given to you hmm. and that was my invitation I remember I was so overwhelmed by that and wow. I and I went up to the monkey island and and looking up to the night sky I was like I, I asked him do you really want me to become a Christian I knew it was God who was asking me and calling me but I was not realizing that it's actually this Christianity. <laughs> That's the truth. And I, I couldn't believe that because I grew up like, hey, like the Bible is corrupt. You know, Christianity mm. is is wrong and all that. Um just uh amazing transformation uh of my life and so many brokenness and woundedness woundedness that I had. Yeah. And so much uh so many deceptions that I believed for years, all those were shattered by the truth of god wow and 
Yeah, later on, I had a tension with my family, and I was just thinking it is such a blessing to be born in a family in a Christian household.、Mm. Yeah. Some people just don't realize that actually there is a persecution is going on in different parts of the world. I'm not saying that I was persecuted. I'm just saying that there's there's a lot of different countries that gets persecuted. Yeah. Maybe you maybe you can you can cut this out. It's okay. No, no. <laughs> No, not at all. It's good. You know, you had mentioned with that host family in Philadelphia when they mentioned mercy ships, you were compelled to go apply immediately. And I think looking back now, you probably would agree that that was just the Holy Spirit drawing you, because God had a plan that He wanted to completely transform your life in such an amazing way. And I love that he used a place like Mercy Ships to do it, to be surrounded by people that can encourage you and love on you in your faith journey, which is so awesome. But to know that that was something that God was working in your heart before you even got on board, before you even joined Mercy Ships, He was seeking you and and searching for you, calling、true. you, which is pretty awesome. That is true, and I remember when I accepted. Uh, Christ and gave my life to Him, and I was praying, like I don't want to work for man anymore. I want to work for You.、Hmm. And I remember how, like everything, all my life has been just was like a puzzle came to that to the right place, and I knew that all these years God, God was leading me to this moment when I will have to say yes. Wow! Because there is no no, I will have to say yes. And I have many stories to share,、um, but probably this episode will be quite long. So <laughs> probably we have to move on. <laughs> we love your stories. That's okay. Well, definitely, that would be a huge highlight moment for you. I have to say, the fact that your life was totally transformed as you became a Jesus follower—that's pretty awesome. You also said that you ended up extending an extra year with your commitment. Tell us about that. How did that come about, and why? Why did you stay another year? Yes,、uh, another testimony. I remember. So w- when I came to Christ, I went to local church、uh, in Dakar,、hmm. and Alphonse, Al- Alphonse, who is a who was a chief engineer engineer at that time, and I remember we were going back from the church、uh, to the ship, and, and I was thinking. And、I was praying, Lord, I don't want to go back now, and I wanted to stay longer.、Hmm. And then, and just just a thought came to my mind, like, Hey, just defer your study for、okay. another year and be with me. And、hmm. and and I remember, like, it was it was it is a crazy right.、Uh, <laughs> your family is expecting to go to go there. Your scholarship. Is expect、uh, think、uh, expecting to go there, and and this is to USC. Yeah, and and at that time I was not even accepted to、wow. to the USC, but I took a step of faith, and I I started to pursue that. It was even before the pandemic, actually. So I started that process of deferring everything, but God was God knew that everything is going to be bad in terms、wow. of going to this with with the universities and that. Yeah, and everything just worked so well, and actually. I don't want to say like I know like actually 2020 was the best year in my life because、hmm. there was so much 
enlightenment in my life and i got baptized on board the ship it's wow. another story i remember like before the baptism the the pool was so dirty because <laughs> the deck department was so busy with packing and all that well I've, unpacking in in canary islands and and then be, right before the baptism day they cleaned it and they they filled it on that same day with the clean water yeah and and I remember like it just represented my life. Like there wow. was so much pride, so much brokenness and woundedness. And that that pool represented my life, how dirty it was. Mm. And and then the day I, I got baptized, the clue the the pool was clean and that represented that my all the sins and has been forgiven. And that represented new myself. And and that and, and also like after the baptism, there was a feast that the Chapelson <laughs> team were planning to do it, but they just, they thought that it's a good, you know, it's a good timing. So just like yeah. everything, I was I felt I never felt so special in my wow. life, and wow. God did it, and I was like, oh Lord, this is all for me. Hmm. I couldn't believe it was happening, and thus far, it is my best day, uh, yeah. my day of baptism. Well, I have to say, getting to witness that was probably the best day for me and my family on the ship. I can honestly say that I know my husband got to take part in baptizing you and he would say, hands down, that was his highlight of our time on the ship. Ooh, getting a little emotional here, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that imagery that you just shared about how the pool was dirty and people went up there and worked on it to clean it and to get fresh water in there. But what a beautiful symbol of our lives that we all struggle with so much and have pain in our lives and brokenness and things that are just dirty and not right. Yeah. But God comes in and he transforms us and makes us clean and makes us new in him. It is such a beautiful gift. And I love that you got to experience that on the ship in the Canary Islands. It was a beautiful day and a beautiful setting. What a wonderful experience not only for you, but for everyone that got to witness that. It was a wonderful day for sure. Well, your time on board in that extended year, what role did you have then? So I was keep working as in the IS department as IS support specialist. Okay. And, uh, and then probably in somewhere in July, uh, I remember Denise came. Denise Ingum, she's an electrician on board the ship. And mm. she came and she just asked, like, hey, guys, could you give me a hand? I, I cannot do this. And because of the pandemic and because of the shortage of electricians, she was only one electrician. And then one electrician was in the quarantine. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And then so, yeah, I, I gave a hand and I kind of felt that, I don't know, I kind of, kind of felt like compelled to help her and I, I and I went to uh, Alphonse chief engineer and I asked him Alphonse like is there any way I can help to the electricians and and he said you know DK I was just praying and you just came to my mind and you just knocked the door wow That's so awesome. yeah I got to work as electrician for two and a half uh, month and um, it was whole another different experience hmm. uh, as I said so my dad is electrician was electrician he's retired now and okay. i kind of um because i like all this technical stuff i kind of learned from him some stuff and i was not a full electrician but 
I was doing basic stuff and kind of covering where I where, where I could, hmm. and and that that was really also just such a blessing to get to see the ship from from down the bottom. Like I and I've been in compartments that like only probably a few people been there. Like <laughs> the green light to every room. Yeah, and I got to also clean the the smoke detectors and kind of administering the fire panel and. I was like, I just loved, I just loved it. Yeah, That's so cool. I love that the things that you learned growing up on the farm and from your father and your family that you got to use all these years later on a ship in so many different departments. That is just really cool. During your time living on a ship, what is something that you learned? I wasn't really organized before I came to the ship. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like I was kind of like, messy especially in the kitchen area mm -hmm. and uh and because i i worked uh as a housekeeper and then a little bit in the galley on weekends and in the dining room i got to wash a lot of dishes in the crew galley galley in the dining room cleaning after the people mm. and i don't know it just gave me another kind of vision from that uh, point and so I learned to be organized and I really, and now I'm also kind of, and now I have different perspective for that. And I really admire clean kitchen and, and all that. That's awesome. Yeah. You never really know the things that you're going to learn when you live on a ship, but Hey, you learn to be clean. You learn to be organized. It's awesome. I love that. How did you see lives changed during your time volunteering? Yeah. So Probably the closest uh, moment when it, where I could get to see the patients was when I was a housekeeper cleaning the wards. And as an IS uh, support specialist or as an electrician, you don't get to see those things. Hmm. But I remember, and, and for us, they uh, sometimes in the community gatherings, uh, they, they show some different stories of patients so that we can kind of stay up to date. And I remember there was, a, there was one boy and, and he said, that he just wanted to run hmm. and I love running. And, and the thing that I was taking, taking for granted, just running. And because he, he, when he was a kid, he had a, he had a malnutrition. Mm -hmm. He didn't have enough nutrition, nutrients and, and his legs were deformed hmm. and he just couldn't run. And, and just a simple dream. I want to run. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that, um, do I want to run? Well, the things that I take for granted, I don't think about, and I just do for yeah. some people, it is a dream and, and realizing that it is, it is really heartbreaking for mm -hmm. me because yeah, it is really heartbreaking for me because there are people who are suffering, who has no, even to eat the right food, yeah. to be, to grow up healthy. And I'm mm. not talking about even the healthcare that we take it also for granted. And uh, yeah, this was really touching. Hmm. So this patient had a dream of being able to run. Did he ever get to run? Yes, I saw him. He was running. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh my goodness. That's incredible. Wow. Well. That is a huge life change for sure. So DK, 
How has your life been transformed because of Mercy Ships? I really got to see the different families on board the ship and just to have that mindset, being mobile, being practical. And I really like the, the families that, because they had a calling, they sold their houses, they sold their cars, and, and they just went to the mission because God called them. Yeah. And the eyes of the world, it is, it is kind of crazy. But, <laughs> but, but accepting the call and, and following that and being, being a blessing to the patients, to the people around, and be a part of God's mission hmm. is really something that you get to choose. It doesn't happen overnight. We choose to step in and make it happen. It is always easy to stay in your comfort zone hmm. and not to take any challenges because, because it's easy. And I think what I really, I really learned is to be a bit crazy in the sense that, <laughs> in the sense that if you receive the call, just keep doing, just keep following, yeah. having faith and just doing it. That's mm -hmm. why like, I try not to cling on things, not to settle for something as a, my permanent place. Hmm. I like to be open, open to God's call. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I wouldn't doubt that there's people listening to this right now who are contemplating should I, should I go? Should I not? What does it look like to move, to live on a ship in West Africa? What would you say to people who are considering going or, or people that are listening to this? What would your encouragement be to them? Yeah. A lot of people have talked about here in podcast that um, they received more than they gave. Hmm. I would just say, if you are feeling that God is calling you to do this, to do this mission with him, just do it. <laughs> there might not be any other chance and you might regret that. As many of the previous podcast guests uh, have already told that they received more than they gave. And I would say the same thing. And I also would encourage people who are thinking that you are called to do this, that it is God's mission. If you're called to serve here on board one of these ships, just go ahead and do it because you will never regret. That's 100% I would say. And yeah. if you're not sure if you're called or not, still do it. You, <laughs> you, will, you will not lose anything. And yeah, I love how Jesus tells about whoever loses his life will gain it. Whoever tries to save his life will lose it. Hmm. The same thing is uh, God's kingdom is upside down. And definitely there are some sacrifices to be made. There are some challenges are waiting for you, but all these are far less that you might gain. You're going to, yeah, I, I, I think it is a blessing to be a part of God's mission and, and do God's work. Hmm. I love how you said you'll never regret it. Just do it. Yeah. And I think that's so true. You know, some, I think sometimes we talk ourselves out of things. We allow fear to come in and take over and all the what ifs, what if I can't afford it? What if I can't find a job when I get back? What if, what if, but where there's risk, there's reward. And if God is calling you to do something, the best place you can possibly be is in obedience to what he's calling you to do, because he's going to provide, he's going to take care of you. He's not going to call you somewhere that he can't take care of you. And so I love that. No regrets, just do it. 
Yes, amen. <laughs> well, DK, you are an incredible man of faith and a man of God. I'm so grateful that you said yes years ago to go work with Mercy Ships. Obviously, God was drawing you at that time because he knew he was going to turn your life upside down. And I love that you said yes and that you're continuing to live in that obedience. So thanks for inspiring us today. Thanks for encouraging us with your story. And hey, we wish you a lot of blessings as you finish up this degree that I know you're going to continue to use to bring glory to God. Thank you. Perhaps this is the first you're hearing of Mercy Ships, and like DK, you're compelled to go volunteer. Well, you can check out opportunities at mercyships.org forward slash volunteer. Next week, we have a lovely physical therapist on the podcast sharing with us the important role of physios on board. Come back next week to hear Allie Miller share her Mercy Ships story.